very good morning to you all. Welcome, Heels, on this Friday morning. It's a little bit, well, not wet and wild, but it's wet out there this morning. Isn't yeah, it? it's a little bit misly, wasn't it? Take care on the roads, yes. everyone. Yeah. Friday the you, 9th. Yeah, listen to Paddy, everyone. Um, <laughs> yes, so it's Friday already. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. Until we're headed to Sydney. What about you? Oh, I've got to go to Sydney today. Yeah, yeah, weren't you? Pump this morning when you were Jersey booing last night. Oh. With half of Brisbane by the sound of it. Yeah, it was opening night of just four nights. It's uh, They play six shows, this Jersey boy cast, and brilliant, absolutely brilliant. One of the best I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, yeah, the best shows I've ever seen. And I thought, okay, maybe that's a big, big call, but I thought, thought, thought. Um, Carol King, us, we saw in... Uh, New York. Yep. And because there was a lot of ads up for Carol King around the town, yeah. around the city, I said to my mate, this, this must be all right. There's Carol King. <laughs> I didn't understand Carol King. And let's go and get some tickets. So we got some tickets and we went that night with our with our wives. And it was unbelievable. I knew all the songs, everything. <laughs> and it was a great biopic look through her career, yeah. just like this uh, Jersey Boys um, with Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. And it was so easy to follow and so uh, perfectly performed by Queensland talent, yeah. all Queensland talent, and uh, not not based in Queensland necessarily now, but um, they're certainly Queensland-born. So, oh, it was just unreal. And I got to see Frankie on the way out. We're walking out <laughs> and they're already out at backstage, you know, and mixing with their families and friends and stuff yeah. like that. I, I said, because I was about halfway up the theatre, and, yeah. and that's another thing, QPAC concert halls as good as you get in the world too. Yep. Lots of room, the, sh- the chairs, the people in front of you aren't right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, unreal. And I said, mate, were you Frankie? Because he's got a backpack on now and a T-shirt. <laughs> and, and and he goes, yeah, yeah, good on you, buddy. <laughs> he was unreal. So they all were. They were fantastic. This is a free plug, by the way. That's just gone for about four minutes. Well, get into it. Tonight, like, uh, tonight, tomorrow night, there's two matinee shows. They're doing six shows, you know. There's a bit of Sherry, oh, Sherry, (laughs) baby. Matty, you might have to find some decent stuff later on. Don't (laughs) cry. My boyfriend's back. It's Breakfast with Patton Heels, brought to you by Burbank Homes, the builder you can trust. Bank on Burbank Homes and Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona, in line, as we know, the major story. Oh, I don't know. That's enough. Don't you know them? I didn't know they were all their songs. Yeah, of course oh, I'm right. Unreal. Yeah, I saw the show a couple of years ago. It's sensational. Yes. It is sensational. Um, uh, yeah, as we know, the, the major story yesterday, uh, the, the, the Lord Mayor quickly jumped on, uh, Adrian Schrinner. He's uh, declared the Gabba dead, buried and cremated as far as uh, an Olympics yeah. venue and the $2.7 billion spend. Um the the government's reaction has been a little more muted. They said, let's let the former Lord Mayor, Graham Quirk, do his 60-day review. And <laughs> Good then, luck, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a few passengers on your back now. Yeah, that's exactly right. So this is after, uh, as you know, the IOC vice president, one of the most powerful sports administrators in the world, John Coates. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's, he's number two in uh, in the IOC. He came out and just said, "There's been a misread on the Gabba, the 2.7 billion, the uh, the knock it down, rebuild it, you know, basically bring the the city to a standstill for a few years. Uh, it's not the right thing. It's damaging the Olympic brand. So we move on, and we're going to look at other alternatives. And just it's a very to, slow misread, yeah, as well. Yeah, you're right. But just to preface that, it's uh, it's take the opening and closing ceremonies to Suncorp Stadium." 
and we run the track and field out at QE2. So, uh, look, there's been mixed reaction, but I think overall, Heels, uh, overwhelming uh, support for stay away from the Gabba. Uh, I know a few people that would love the Gabba to be given some form of loving, a love and a care, but I don't think that's going to happen, do you, when they're spending money on Olympic venues? Doesn't sound like it. Mm. Um, and, you know, when it first came out, it was $1 billion. So, yeah. so now, government, what are we going to spend that taxpayer money on? Mm. If we're not spending it on the Gabba, tell us where's two or three categories where we're going to put, you know, half a billion in. Yeah. We, we had a text and the, the the open line is open this morning. We'd love to hear from you. It was frantic yesterday, 13, 13, 55, or the text line is 0467 One that I picked up late yesterday, uh, they must have replayed our interview with Crash Craddock yesterday. Gabba Redevelopment, uh, where was the voice of the lines in the interview with Crash? Can you please get Greg Swan? So we tried yesterday. <laughs> but And to be fair, you know, we, we were trying Terry Svensson from Cricket and we're trying Greg Swan, but... You know, this thing, they were probably blindsided by it, Hills, to be fair. Like, it had only happened the night before. So I don't think you can't blame them for not jumping on the phone and giving their, you know, without speaking to their mm. boards, et cetera, and their senior administrators. But um, this this texter just said, I think Robert missed it. If uh, if it weren't for the Lions being a co-tenant of the Gabba, we still have 18,000 on a Greyhound track. Uh, I don't know about that. All the cricket grounds Robert mentioned uh, as better than the Gabba have AFL as the primary tenant, and that's paid for the enabled uh, and enabled development. I know you ran into Swanee last night, didn't you? Yeah, well, well, he's busy. Jersey boys. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I said, well, he was looking for you this morning. He says, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, He, he, i.e. the Lions and cricket, are going into the government next week. Yep. And uh, just to find the lay of the land and the... The, la- the latest decision-making. Mm. Okay, well, we'd love to know, you know, if you've had time to sit down and think in the last 36 hours or so about the John Coates proposals. Um, we're not saying they're set in stone, but, boy, um, when someone with that power speaks, and also he's saying that Andrew Liveris, uh, he's been in consultation with him. Graham Quirk, they've spoken to. Ian Chesterman, who's overseas at the moment, the AOC president, he's saying that, look, it's probably time we revisited the Gabba. So they all seem to be on the same page, the heavies, don't they? The same same heavies that were in the front line when we announced it. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're allowed to have a backflip and that, that's okay. Um, but how, how divided are you, fans? Uh, the fanatical fans of the Lions and cricket, um, you know, the displacement that you were going to have to face and disconnection over five years, mm-hmm. are you now happy? Um, or you're dirty that the Gabba's not going to be more comfortable and much more uh, lively and modern in the 15 years after those five. Love to know what you're thinking today. As I said, uh, jump onto that uh, Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 13, 13, 55. Lots of talk about as far as the Olympics are concerned. And uh, the text line, 0467 736 736. We're here for Burbank Homes. They are the builders you can trust. You can bank on Burbank. And Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona N-Line. Overnight and this morning, lots happening. Well, some of the Gabba was dismantled yesterday. The, it, the, I thought the demolishing was starting to happen. <laughs> Queensland dug a huge hole. <laughs> Tasmania beat us again. Where I mean, take away the elation of the heat. Um, it's been pretty tough for the Bulls this year. It's been terrible. Uh, and, you know, backing up a year where we hoped there'd be a lot of improvement, 150 they made. They Once again, can't, couldn't bat. 
uh, and five for 153 by Tassie. Yeah. I'm not sure what the conditions are like. I can't even find. They're not putting in cricket live anymore. Who won the toss? No. Uh, well, yeah, we only batted 35 overs. Maxie Bryant. Well, that's enough. 32. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. So what have we won? We've won one Shield game and one, one Marsh Cup game. I and mean, it's been a tough year. Uh, Will from Runcorn's on the line. He's, uh, he's going to join us right now. Suncorp Home Resilience Ooh. Open Line, 13, 13, 55. Will, good morning. Morning, Pat. Morning, Heels. You know, Will, or you're, hey, um, you're close to QE2, aren't you, Runcorn? Yes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And at the end of the day, uh, it's tight. What, the seating's probably still from 1982 when yeah. Matilda was doing a lapse. Yeah. So um, the, you've got a massive centre out there developing for Brisbane sport. You've got the bullets, you've got the netball, you've got, um, you've got all the athletics already out there, the cycling. So... You've got buses. Buses connect that very, very well. The trains aren't too far away, and uh, and it's tired. It's got the room to be able to build an 8,000-seat yeah. stadium there. Now, it's here's... got the room to put all the trucks and cranes to park up and do the build. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Yeah, well, no, yeah, no I was saying that, mate. I mean, you know, we're talking 2.7 for the Gabba, and you're talking Vulture and Stanley Streets and, you know, Main Street and all that sort of thing. There was going to be massive disruption. So... To, to facelift Suncorp and, as you said, yes, to do quite a bit of work out at QE2, but it ain't going to cost $2.7 billion, is it? Yeah, but what's it going to cost? They need the design. I've seen a drawing, actually. Maybe they can use that, that design that the Lions knocked back, but they had, they had done it, renders of what they wanted that one to look like. So maybe it's they're well down the track there. Um, here's one for you, Paddy. You might know this. My wife reminded me of this before. QE2 can't be used for the Olympics because it's on a hill. Oh, really? Yes. Have you ever heard that before? Well, I can tell you Montjuic was on a hill in Barcelona. Okay. I can remember I thought that was just the pool. Up. No, 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 that was the track and field. I can remember oh, okay. walking up a, a small hill. Right, Montjuic. so records and wind yeah. currents so, aren't measured. Oh, no, they, in a stadium, no. Right. They'll be fine. Well, I'm just saying, what, how did my wife know that? Uh, well, I mean, what, what's the feeling of the people out there? I mean, I know the place is tired, but I don't think it's a major rebuild to, to get QE2 up to standard. It's major. Yeah, they, they don't have to do 80 grand. I mean, they can do 45,000 for track and field and still make a nice quid out of it. Hello, Will. We lost Will. You there, Will? Oh, no, I'm still here. I was letting you guys have your say. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, on a hill, I don't know about that. Nah, me neither. The world on the hill. Maybe hills, this is the first time your wife's strong. Oh, <laughs> sure, 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 Will. Well, just leave your no- mobile number for me, will you? <laughs> Hopefully Helen's not out of bed yet. <laughs> She will right, be, going. She's going to the airport before me. She'll be out there now, probably. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Thanks for the call, mate. Good on you, Will. Um, um, Hey, the other news uh, as we move on from the cricket and the, the disaster that's been the Bulls lately, under-19s. They're through. Yes. But only just got through to the final. Good game. Pakistan, 179 batting first. Tom Straker, medium pacer, heels. Mm. Six for 24 off 9.5, the 18-year-old. That's another thing in their stats and bios. Their, their position, what do you call it, P- place of birth isn't in there. Yeah. Um, nine don't know for, where he's from, Tommy. Nine for 181 Australia or 49.1. So they've won it. 
with five balls to spare. I think they got 17 out of the last wicket stand. Harry Dixon, the opener, 50. Oliver Peaks, 49. So they'll play India in the final. Now, Straker, the best semi-final or final performance in this under-19 comps ever, I think, beating uh, Kagiso Rabada, who took six for 25 mm. in a 2014 semi-final. He and turned out to be a fair bowler. I, I think he was very, very soon after in the South African team, Rabada, yeah. uh, as well. Uh, well. That's brilliant by Tom Straker. Um, I hope the wickets aren't getting tired. You know, for Pakistan to be only able to make 179 yeah. and then Australia squeak over the line by an over, uh, I hope the wicket for that final is very fresh and quite neutral. Yep. All right. Well, we've got India in the final. So that's the latest. They're, uh, they're golfing. Both live, live normally starts tomorrow, but they've started because of Super Bowl, so they want to finish before Super Bowl and the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open. This is the event because it's such a big university town. This is the event that gets 700,000 fans over the next few days. I saw a couple arriving in wedding dresses before, but they were blokes. Um, what, the players? Uh, and and Vanessa's walked in. Vanessa, here, here's a little interesting fact that, yes. that Jack produced for me. Last year, at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, 4 million... 601,382 <laughs> alcoholic beverages were purchased. Gosh, what? <laughs> and 2,000 of them were thrown on the 16th. <laughs> <laughs> look, I don't know whether that's anything to be proud of. What's wow. happening? Wow. Okay, look, in our latest development in the youth crime situation that we've been keeping an eye on, the police commissioner is asking the government to revisit the trial of GPS trackers for serious youth offenders who get released on bail. So a trial began in 2021 of these electronic trackers. 33 have been issued since then, and at the moment, just five are in use. And Katarina Carroll, the police commissioner, she does admit they are a very powerful tool because police actually spend a lot of their time checking in on youth offenders who are on bail. As we know, um, it, you know, it's not always successful to have those youths on bail. And while they might have to check in once a week or so, at least the electronic trackers allow a constant stream of tracking. And so obviously there's certain issues to look at and they, they do come under quite strict restrictions around how old the offender has to be and certain other factors. Like I said, it has to be a serious offender, not just any old kind mm. of just, um, you know, stealing a packet of gum. Uh, so, look, it's something that is firmly in the spotlight at the moment and, uh, yeah, something that I, I think we might see a development on, you know, with looking at this from different angles now about, as we heard mm. yesterday from... Um, the police union saying that judges, you know, the magistrates are being too lenient, you know, so it's just almost like where do we need to approach this issue from? Well, um, you know, Rwanda have agreed to take some illegal refer refugees in from England, I found out the other night. John mm -hmm. Embry, the cricketer, told me that. They haven't taken any yet, but it, it, they're willing. Right. So this is not new, is it? No. You steal a loaf of bread in England, you used to get sent to Van Diemen's Land. Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, so an ongoing issue. Now, uh, something we are 
really being told about over the past few weeks is to watch out for scammers, especially with Taylor Swift's upcoming concerts. Mm -hmm. The scammers are out in force and they are finding new ways to try and uh, and lure people in and get their money. Uh, Even high-profile people like TV journalist Deb Knight has come out and said, I was the victim of a Taylor Swift ticket scam and what they're doing is hacking social media profiles and then say, you know, messaging people on their list and going, hey, I've, I can't use these tickets anymore. Do you want to buy them? Oh. So people think it's their friend and so then they're trusting it. It's not just you're trusting a random on the internet. However, it's the hackers. And so Deb Knight lost $1,200 by just paying half of it and then realising mm. it was a scam because the scammer came back and said, oh, that transfer hasn't come through and the warning bells started. So, look, there's a few different types of scams out there, but as we do approach the concert time, police are saying just be so vigilant about resellers and not just handing over your money for what is Mm. fake tickets. Because also what they do is send through a screenshot of the tickets and, you know, but they're fake. um, So it's good to know what to look out for and just to be on guard. Pink must be on this weekend, is she? Yeah, I think she is. Yes, she's been out and about in Sydney also. Mm -hmm. And look, some great news. Our whole Hollywood star Margot Robbie, oh. our very own, who we love. She is in Southeast Queensland at the moment. She'll be at the Actor Awards on the Gold Coast this weekend, but she's taken some time out of her visit to uh, visit the Queensland Children's Hospital and she's spent some time with Whoa. some when kids did, there. When did that Imagine happen? That. Uh, Wednesday. Imagine that. You're Wednesday. sitting in hospital and, oh, Margot Robbie's coming in. I know. Oh, Imagine. Oh, filthy. Yeah, I was home Wednesday. I can walk to the children's hospital. Normally, you go I can limp to the children's if only hospital. You'd known you could have been on. I know. Eagle Normally, Eye, that's your visit day too. Margot, watch. Hope yes. Chess is not listening. <laughs> She's wonderful. Anyway, we know she's receiving the Actor Trailblazer Award down there. So anyway, mm. keep an eye out. She's in town. Look, and all the best to her. the fashion tips on <laughs> yes. Sunday night. Uh, Vanessa, thank you. We've got quite a few texts and we'll get through them. The text line is 0467 736 736. And that's Suncorp Home Resilience open line. If you'd like a chat like Will did, uh, 131355. On Patton Heels for Breakfast, it's time for the Racing Queensland update. Racing action continues every day across the Sunshine State. Check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Well, they're racing in Rocky today, but they're at Doombin tomorrow, and Chris Nelson will be right across it as usual. Oh, ha, ha. only as good as your last performance. Tip, what is it, three out of four on Wednesday? That's Bradman. See Nelson? Mm. Yeah, morning, Paddy, morning, <laughs> Heels, and the other one should have won. It should have won. Enabler. <laughs> I, ca- I told you on Wednesday morning, I cannot catch the horse, and I cannot catch the stable. And the horse over races and did everything wrong, and there it was. Missed the start. Over yeah, missed the three kick. Wide. Yeah, I was on it and as well. second. Yeah. It's an absolute nightmare of a horse, that one. Yeah, oh, at least we yeah. went each way, Chris. I didn't. Yes. <laughs> Good to hear. Yeah. It, it's only money, mate. We've still got our health, haven't we? Well, that's, yes, that's right. And yeah. a pocket full There's of antibiotics. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, can so them, you've I'm struggling a money. little. Um, now, <laughs> hey, do I do I do English Millennium first with you? I mean, are we a chance on this with El Mozilla? I reckon we are some sort of a chance. I mean, it's not the world's strongest race. Uh, there's two million dollars in prize money up for grabs. Obviously, fully lit from the uh, the Waterhouse Spot Stables 
the one to beat, I know it's drawn a, a horror gate, but you know where the horse is going to go, and that's handlebars down straight towards the front. Uh, it gets over, it's probably going to win. If it doesn't get over, well, it may not win. But El Morzillo, and we know he can finish off. He did that at the Sunshine Coast. He, he finished that race off strongly. And I think he's uh, going to be suited by Ramwick. Obviously, it's a harder race than the Sunshine Coast, but I think he's got an each-way chance, El Morzillo. It'd be a great result for Kelly, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's right. And Kelly, as he said, we had him on the show earlier in the week. I mean, you're not going to win a $2 million race at Randwick on Saturday if you're still sitting in your box in, at Eagle Farm. Exactly, and uh, it'll be great to see those colours go around in that race because they are the same colours as April and Augusta wears. Oh. Same owners, but I'm not I'm not one of them on this occasion, unfortunately. <laughs> ne- nearly the same owners. <laughs> and uh, what, uh, does Kelly go down for a race oh, like yeah, that? Of course he will. Yep. I think he would, yeah. I think he would for a race like that. So uh, it's such a, a big event. I don't know that he's got uh, a great deal of runners and chances uh, at uh, Doombin tomorrow. So, yeah. He'd be making the trip down, and hopefully he's getting interviewed post-race. Oof. Yep, it would be wonderful for Queensland Racing. Right up, we're at Doombin tomorrow. We've got 10 races. They kick off at 12.13. Yeah, and it look, I hate saying this, but it looks it doesn't look a bad card, to be honest. So I'm hoping the weather stays reasonably dry, which it sort of has so far. So I cut this guy off in the traffic. Uh, <laughs> and I think it'll be a good day's racing. So we kick it off with a good thing, but we'll have to take a little bit of red figures. And that is uh, race two, number two, Fukabana, who's only had three starts. Debut winner in Brisbane at a maiden at Eagle Farm. Then went straight to Sydney, uh, Saturday company, in a two-year-old race and beat all bar the winner. And then I thought the first up run here recently was good. Uh, Drew a wide gate, had to go back and ran on strongly further tomorrow. Uh, some of these are very risky over 1,200 metres, not this one, and draws well for Jimmy Orman. So I really can't find any crosses. They're all ticks, and that's probably why the horses. Sixty. So yeah, it's the well, good thing. This is Race this is the two. new uh, this is the new Healy modus operandi yeah. because he is starting his weekend off by backing Australia in the T Twenty tonight <laughs> in Hobart at a dollar thirty. Yes, but I'm. That'd be shorter. I was going to say that's shorter than Fukabana. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. You're, yeah, it is actually. And I'm, is. A, I'm a bit worried. There's a couple of West Indies players that have come back into the team. <laughs> I could oh, lose no. it as well. Uh, Sorry to interrupt, mate. What else have you got for us? That's okay. Now, I've got these other ones here, and I'm going to mention them all because I think they'll all run well on an each-way basis. Race five, number three, not a clue how or who. Not a clue how or who. Uh, All one word. Uh, Drops back from a class two to a class one. I think looks Mm well-placed. Race seven, number 12, Jay Anthony. This is a horse that ran really well, or a mare that ran really well last prep. Two runs this time in have been in stronger races, can improve sharply. Race eight, number 14, Last Chance Saloon, I think is a promising type. 1,600 metres will suit nicely. It's got a great chance. And race nine, this is interesting, number nine, Hatchet. And I know I tip this horse regularly, but tomorrow, I just think he's nicely placed. A couple of uh, well-fancied runners there, Kinlock and Boom Talk, they get back, and as a rule, and they've drawn wide gates, so they're definitely going to get back. Hatchet's drawn one. He's going to be a lot closer in the run than those two, and we know he can sprint. So I think the five dollars is quite appealing about Hatchet based nine number nine. No, I would have got our looking at our list. So we get the money early with the short price thing, the two, the race two, the yep. two, and then we wait for a little later. Race five, the three, race seven, the twelve, eight, the fourteen, and nine, the nine. Yeah, let's hope uh, they all run well, and I think they should on a fair track on a dry day or. 
which we should get tomorrow. I think they'll all run really well. 6.40, what's the uh, traffic like? Because you're headed down here to do your show. Well, it was really good until I hit the usual snarl at North Lakes. And then it all goes pear-shaped until I get to the gateway uh, turn-off, which I'm at now, and it clears up beautifully. All right, mate. Mm. We'll see you in the studio shortly. Chris Nelson there for Racing Queensland joining us. But remember... What are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. This is overtime for him. <laughs> Morning, guys. Hodgie, how is, are you? Welcome. I'm, uh, I'm really good. I'm, I'm keen for the uh, – I'm enjoying the off-season, I can tell yep. you that, but it's uh, I'm keen for the footy to come back. But I thought we'll come in a bit early. We've got uh, a special reason why we're coming in. A little yes, bit about sir. heels as dancing, but there's some more serious parts to it as well. Well, I'll tell you what, the last time I saw you, you were under plenty of pressure. You were catching – Passes from Tom Brady. I've uh, I've played in front of a hundred thousand people in the MC- MCG. I've never been as nervous as that moment. My hands and for you to heckle me as I was walking past to, to catch that. My even now thinking about it, my hands were that sweaty. It was it was a very nervous time. But I caught it on the chest. I wasn't game enough to take it in the hands. But it was all good. Didn't get embarrassed and there was no videos of me dropping it. Yeah, there used to always be the famous one where you're about to go on air doing TV. So don't swear when you get down there. And I just he just walked past me. I said don't drop it. You look like John Howard for the rest. Your life. Uh, well, it, was a, uh, it was a good event. It was, yeah, he spoke well as well. Now, we're being very rude because we've got a very special guest on the show. Not just you. It's always a privilege and a pleasure to have you here. Who's on your right-hand side? Uh, Andrew Reid. Andrew's uh, taking over. Uh, he's dancing for the stars for CEOs. Right. I know we've seen all celebrities. This is famous, yeah. This it's a is great famous, event. Yes, and, and Andrew, is he must have been pretty good because this is the 10th anniversary. And uh, he did it back in 2021, and he's been invited back. So we thought it's a it's a good little introduction, considering we've heard heels and his dancing after Jersey Boys last night. Like a man. And then heels has got a heels has got a wedding tonight, so we might yeah. see if Andrew can uh, can help him. But no, it's a, there's a, there's a few serious points to to the rate the money that we raise for the Dance with the Stars with the CEO. So we thought we'd get Andrew in to try and raise as much money for for a really good cause. Andrew, hey. welcome. Tell us tell us a, a little bit about uh, uh, This is very well known, this event. I mean, if you're a Brisbaneite, you know about this. And it's great that you get that. And you're raising money for, for women's legal service. Yeah, it's a fantastic event, Pat. It's uh, yeah one of the biggest fundraisers of the year for women's legal services. They, they provide free, uh, free legal support and advice yeah. uh, to women going through uh, domestic violence and mm. domestic abuse situations. This year, the focus of the fundraising is around their financial abuse prevention unit. Uh, so really one of those things around sort of coercive control and uh, I guess helping helping women get out of bad situations uh, Yeah, where they're really put into a position where financially they're incredibly challenged. Yeah, really I, I, there's, there's a bit of pressure coming on CEOs. It m- mightn't be a job you need. You've got to sleep out in the cold at times and uh, lo- lots of initiatives that corporates and their bosses yeah. are good at. Yeah, look, I think Heels, it's a yeah, one of those things where it's an opportunity to to give back. Um, it's yeah, like all this talk of sweaty hands and performing under yeah. pressure, getting up on stage in front of a thousand people uh, to dance certainly isn't something that's ordinary. Uh, for me to do, and it's a yeah, it's a big challenge, yeah. but it's yeah, one of the ways that we can give back. So. Was this a um, a receptive invitation back or redemption invitation? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was receptive. I think the I, know, I was a very reluctant uh, participant the first time around. Uh, it's a big challenge to fundraise, uh, so that's challenging in itself. But as I said, getting up on stage dancing isn't really my my scene. But when you actually get there, it's a fantastic experience and a whole lot of yeah. fun. And I'm full on in pre-season at the moment trying to learn something oh, yeah. that we can have some fun Be- with. Because it's choreographed, eh? Proper, yeah. proper dance. Yeah, so no, it's not uh, fortunately for everyone who's going along to the, 
the main event on May 25th. It's not just me getting up doing my own thing. Uh, we're up with professional dancers who know what they're doing and yeah, really cover for us. So we, mm. we look like we know. So are we doing. talking ballroom stuff or are we talking heel standing on his on his seat yeah, last twerking. night in QPAC? Yeah, look, I mean, I think if I can do the sort of moves that heel stars, I'll be pretty happy. But, yeah, no, it's a, it's a bit more contemporary. It's, uh, it's oh, only focused focus on entertainment that everyone can get up and uh, enjoy. And, Hodgie, you're doing your bit because you'll be speaking at a fundraiser prior to this, won't you? Yes, yes. So on uh, on Friday, December 20 uh, – sorry, February 23rd, 23rd uh, yeah. we've got at Gambaro. So we're, it's, it's a fundraiser, for, as we said, for domestic abuse, such an important thing mm. um, for, for everyone who goes through it. So – I said, as soon as Andrew sort of said, could you come and chat and try and help raise raise funds for it? I, I jumped at it. Uh, I know I won't be at the embarrassing stage of what Andrew's got to go through, but for the cause that it is, um, yeah, you, you jump it, you, you jump and try and help you out in in, in any way. So, uh, yeah, we'll be putting on a bit of a day for a fundraiser. There's still tables available. Um, okay. So, uh, so we're trying to get as many people to it to, to support such a great cause, and obviously have a, a little bit of a laugh at Andrew while he's doing his dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to try and get him up just to show a few of his moves on the day. So, okay. um, yeah, there'll be an entertaining day, but the, the, the fact of it, we're, we're raising funds for, for a really important cause. So, Andrew, you're CIO at ARC 31. Yep. Um, that's your day job, so that's you can handle that on your on your <laughs> ear. Uh, what have you had to put into learning to dance, mate, in front of so many people? Yeah, look, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting one. I think we probably went in a little bit more heads up this time around. Uh-huh. Um Last time around, I was probably a little bit, a uh, little bit robotic until about a week before the event, <laughs> when I realised part of it was actually entertaining, which is what you guys do every day, obviously. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this time I've gone into it with a bit more focus on making sure it's a bit, bit of fun the whole way through. But yeah, I think we're we're racking up plenty of dance lessons and started pre-Christmas and rolling through at the moment every fortnight. And fundraising, uh, just Gambaros at the moment, or is there a uh, Website people can yep. donate to? Yeah, so people can donate um, directly through, uh, there's a Dancing CEO's website. Yes. Uh, so you can search that up, can make donations directly there to any of the participating CEOs. Uh, Gambaro's event coming up, as Luke said, Feb 23rd, be a great day. Uh, lots of fun. I think iconic iconic location, never a, never a bad day at Gambaro's. So. There's a uh, there's a link as well. We'll we'll chuck on the SEM website and we'll post it out. Andrew, myself, yep. and everyone else involved. It's to, to buy tickets a table. I think it's a uh, 195 per ticket or 1900 a head for a table for Sweet. for the Friday on the 23rd of February. So great cause if anyone could get there to come and have a bit of a laugh at, at Andrew and we'll do a, a few <laughs> Q and A's. There's there's a um, there's prizes to be given away. It's yeah, great cause. Get behind it. So if anyone could. Give up a Friday afternoon, a long lunch. There's some uh, a few hours of a beer package at Heels. I know you always enjoy, so um, hopefully <laughs> you get a few of the guys along and, and enjoy it and see how we go. I hope, I know they, when, I hope uh, they got zeros. <laughs> I know they, when Hodgie was... zeros there as well. Yeah. Yes, they got zeros there. <laughs> Hodgie was playing his old teammates. It'd be a you know, healthy banter in the, in the lead-up for the week. Any banter amongst the CEOs, amongst our uh, executives around town? Yeah, look, it's good. We do, and a lot of the preparation you're doing on your own. Um, obviously, we have a... a choreographer who's working with us mm-hmm. but a lot of it you're sort of you're doing on your own we've all got different events on to help raise funds so we catch up at various events and yeah as it gets closer we sort of come together for dress rehearsals and things like that Ooh. get all the timing right for the main event so yeah you certainly get to get a bit of banter going there start to see what some of the others are doing what's the gender mix out of the 10 in the pecking order five and five five male five uh, no so we're so 10 groups doing it this year and 10th anniversary of dancing ceos so a little bit different this year, so it's a, a returning plus new all-stars. Uh, so it's actually, ordinarily, it's been sort of one one CEO with a group of dancers. 
this year actually duos and groups, so sort of okay. between two and four CEOs with a, a supporting cast. So, yeah. and Very uh, good, three Andrew. three guys this year. It sounds yeah. like Hughes wants to jump in and get involved. Yeah. Oh, so I'm very busy. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's That's always next year heels. Get my hands right down. <laughs> no, I'm getting nervous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous, nervous for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, we, we've got to use you while you're here. The, give, give us thoughts on pre season. Saw, saw a few of the lines out at the, the golf course yesterday. Now, the other thing I thought. We, we interviewed young Josh Rogers from the uh, the Bronx the other day, and Heels was saying you know, they ha- after their tough years, seemed to be a disconnect between the players. He said, oh, no, a lot more of us are getting out playing golf and things like that. There, there seems to be a real good camaraderie at Red Hill. There always, always has been amongst the lines, hasn't there? Yeah, they, you know, you've seen them out in the golf course. They, they love spending time away. I think one thing coming to Brisbane is they get a, they do draft a lot of country boys. They, they move mm. away from home and... The Lions become their their family. So yeah. um, spending a lot of time with each other away from the footy clubs, why they've been so good of late. I think they're a really tight-knit group. And I think what they go through, the resilience that, that they've got, uh, that they've learned from last year, the resilience that the Broncos have learned from last year, is only going to hold them in good stead for, for next year moving forward. So mm. speaking to a lot of the Lions players and the coaches, that they've learned a lot from grand final day, a few mistakes that... They probably, if they had their time again, they've hopefully learnt from it, um, and that that can only put them in a better position yeah. leading into season twenty twenty four. I said to, I said to Heels about the Brady night, which I loved, but I would love to have heard more about Belichick and things like that. Whereas I reckon the young Bronx and the young Lions were sitting, they would have been more keen on hearing him say, "Yeah, I won seven Super Bowls, but I reckon I learnt more from the ones that I lost." And of course. It was relevant to both clubs because they had tough ends to the season, didn't they? Yeah. Well, the, the big story about Brady was the resilience that he went through. Everyone sits back and goes, oh, he's won, what is, what's he won seven Super seven Bowl rings Super and, and he's been so successful. But what I took out of that night was the resilience that he went through. He, he was never the starting quarterback when he first got to a side, whether it was a junior footy when he first got to Michigan State, when he got drafted to, to – um, Patriots, he was always a, a third string, fourth string. Even at, when he was at Michigan, he was seventh string quarterback in his yeah. first year. He was going to walk away, got some good advice to push through. We believe in you, believe in yourself. Don't don't take the easy road. There were so many stories that come out of his journey where you sit back and go, well, he got to the stage he did through resilience, through not taking no for an answer. And I think a lot of the footballers and a lot of people in general would have walked away from that talk going, Tell you what, he's a pretty impressive man. Don't worry about what he's done on the football field. About his resilience off the football field was field was something that I walked yeah. away and thought, geez, he's, he's right up there in my books. Yeah, and Loshy Neal uh, enjoyed Loshy. it as well. <laughs> Has it stuck? Uh, I haven't been out there, but I'd say it would have. Any time that an MC comes out and they pronounce Lockie Neal as Loshy Neal, and I've heard a lot of his teammates that night was calling him that, so I wouldn't surprise <laughs> if it does does stick. But, yeah, the MC that night was, was quite funny. It was um, interesting anyway. But, yeah. but Tom Brady, he was... We were there to listen to him, and it was it was amazing. Have the Lions been bolstered anyway? Dude, coming in might be one, and uh, Will Ascroft's return another? Yeah, yeah I think Will, Will was such a, an important player when he first got in and then for him to, to get injured, but he's he's looking really good. Tommy Duday will just shore up out of fence. Jack Payne had that foot injury last year. Uh, we've got Ryan Lester and, and Darcy Gardner down there as well. So I think they were just shoring up a few areas that they may have had holes at times. Um, look, that... And hearing from a lot of the coaches, they've got a lot on the on the training park, and that's what you want this time of year. You, mm. The depth that you have through January, February, March means that you're 
you've got more people to pick from later on in the year because they've got their fit there. They've had a strong pre-season and it just builds depth on the list. Yeah. Hey, great to have you back. You with us again this year? For... 100%. I couldn't say no to you two guys. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Here and it's, it's laughs every week. And Andrew, wonderful to have you here. I know. Thanks, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're going to move yourself out of the comfort zone to do this. There's no doubt about that. You're happy doing finance and, and all that sort of thing. <laughs> that, that comes to second nature. But look, congratulations for what you're doing. And it's a pleasure for us to be able to plug it for you. So the lunch is at Gambaro's on the 23rd of Feb, 195 a ticket. I think you said 1,900, 1900 a table. table um, Hodgie will be helping run the show and you'll listen to all the stories about his wonderful career. This is the Dancing CEOs. It's it's a famous event here in Brizzy and you're raising money for women's legal service. We know the DV space is just so alarming and so confronting that anything you guys and girls can do to help out, we really appreciate it. Mm. Thanks, Thanks, Andrew. Thanks very much, Pat. Thanks, Thanks for the Good stuff, guys. Now on Breakfast with Pat and Heels, Heels gets his gloves off. Well, I was a bit pumped last night, you know, watching all this Queensland talent on the stage in Jersey Boys. And, and so I did think back to yesterday's gloves off and my proposal for February concepts for cricket to show that we believe in our sport and its fans. Australian Reels football were at it again yesterday and, you know, not just the day before that, with theories of some coaches, you know, saying that we should be able to play every other club twice in two years, which would mean playing sort of like a season and a half. Um, And I'm not sure whether they've, uh, you know, asked the players whether they're happy with that. And they, they don't seem to be worried about the extra ACLs and concussions under fatigue, hammies getting ripped off bones or, or getting players' opinions first. Um, they just say, we can do it and the people need it. That is belief in their sport. Now, acknowledge for me at cricket to show that we believe in our sport, you know, I came up with the idea of acknowledgement panel shows uh, in February of all the years achievements and previous years achievements with some work experience hosts um current players maybe an under 19 champion that's over at the world cup at the moment working with an experienced host you know the performer of the year type awards and and younger kids you know like the 11 year old reporter over at the super bowl that was working with patrick mahomes today or overnight picking their favorite uh, nfl team so those sorts of uh, novelties uh, could really unearth some talent. Three February weekends, I said, with Sheffield Shield interspersed between the weeks, if you like, or pushed more into March like it has been for the history of cricket. But for some reason, we've just eased off March and February. So two conference, three weekends, two conferences, East and West, uh, East would play together in one particular venue, Queensland, New South Wales, Tasmania, uh, Friday, Saturday night, and a Sunday afternoon final of that conference. West would be Victoria, South Australia, Western Australia, rotating venues. Then the final the following weekend, a cross-conference final uh, in a determined, maybe predetermined venue. And then the third weekend is an origin, Queensland versus New South Wales, Victoria versus South Australia, Tasmania versus Western Australia, and possibly mandate, I thought, two country players in each team so that we're involving country cricket and making sure that the aspirations are strong out there. Um, these can be all male and female concepts as well. Um, so we we get at least two more chances to go to the Gabba every year uh, with a strong cricketing finished for each state. Would you want to go? And would you at least watch it? 
on TV and streaming? Um, uh, or would you travel interstate to go and see that last weekend of cricket? Uh, or should cricket just stay a little quiet through February? We're about to chat Super Bowl with Jared Waitley in uh, in Vegas. Uh, Jared Heald's very very concerned about you because when he was speaking to you last, you only flew yesterday. He said uh, he said, "Will he be? He'll be too tired to talk to us on the radio." <laughs> Morning, Jared. Pat Hills. Yeah, great to be with you. Now I've been here since uh, Friday last week. Oh. Thursday here. Yeah, was... so I've had a week in Vegas, and, and I've not only survived. As uh, there might be a little bit of Vegas guy in me after all. I never imagined <laughs> that that was going to be the case, but it's been great. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it was Thursday last week you, tra- mm. you travelled. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd forgotten, mate. Just well, let me give you. Just yeah. let me give you a quick rundown of, of what I've been able to do separate to the Super Bowl stuff. Uh-huh. So I got here first night. Thought, what's the most Vegasy thing I could think of? So I went to the David Copperfield show, yes. oh, okay. sat right up the front, uh, hilariously ridiculous. Like it, it was, Copperfield is now uh, almost a caricature of what he was in the 90s. But the illusions, you just you couldn't possibly figure out how they're done. So that was terrific. Saturday, got a helicopter out to the Grand Canyon, which is the most awe-inspiring terrain I've ever seen. And you go over the Western Rim and it's a 300-foot drop down to the Colorado River and you land halfway along and able to, to go for a walk around there. Uh, Sunday was the Sphere experience. So there's an immersive film of the Sphere on a 270-degree screen the size of four football fields that takes in the, the best of what the planet has to offer and the worst, which is just mesmerising. Monday night was opening night where the two teams get presented in the city at the stadium. 24,000 fans went to see them um, be presented on stage and getting inside the stadium at that stage. It is so sleek. Um, it's nicknamed the Death Star because it's sheer black against the desert backdrop. Tuesday night, we went to the ice hockey, the, the uh, Las Vegas <laughs> Golden Knights, who put on, who not only put on a game, they put on a show uh, to very much fit in with the town. That was spectacular. Saw the best player in the world score about 10 metres down below us. And then last night went to U2 at the Sphere, which was mind-blowing. That's the best concert there's surely ever been. So, and, that's, <laughs> and there's been a little bit of work and some football stuff apparently going on as well. Yeah, well, look, I, I think Hutchie's listening this morning, so he was just checking. Can you do ask him whether he's doing any work at all in the lead-up to Super Bowl? Yeah, I- He's just—he's literally over my left shoulder, and I'm just facing away from him so as not to let on. <laughs> how much fun did, did he not go to all that with you? He's just got here, so he's <laughs> about to pick up. We're, we're, we're due at the WWE press conference, which has become a spectacle in its own right at T-Mobile. Uh, the Rock was here at Radio Row oh. today, so that's our next stop. And then Live Golf on Saturday. We're going to broadcast from Live Golf. Um, so we caught up with Cam Smith during the week. So, And then apparently they're playing a, a game on Sunday, which I've got to have something to do with. So, yeah, it's look, it's been uh, it's an, an explosion for the senses. That's what's happening in Vegas. Well, we're going to hear your call of Super Bowl 58 live on SENQ 693am, Brisbane's home of sport, and, of course, right through the SEN app. So, mate, give us a, a little bit of a sense. of. I saw the teams come out the other night and – there's just so much hype around this, isn't there? It's it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's it is the big the, the quarter the um, Super Bowl itself is the biggest single day of sport annually on the calendar, and it seems to almost grow exponentially year on year. 
And then the whole build-up of the week around it is Vegas is a great city for it. But, yeah, to get 24,000 people on a Monday night into the stadium, they were largely from San Francisco because of proximity. Uh, and they made a hell of a noise as the two teams were presented. And it set a great tone for what's going to unfold. And then I tend to find, so it's Thursday here, is the real fan arrivals have started in earnest as of today. They have a, an NFL experience, which I think I might have told you about before, which is where they have all the activations of kicking the field goal and catching a pass and all uh, player appearances. And it's in a huge convention centre here at Mandalay Bay. And that they will get more than a million people go through there over the next three days. So there's fans Jeez. in all sorts of jerseys, not just their 49ers and Chief jerseys who have descended upon that. There's there's an incredible energy uh, around the place. And I mentioned The Rock has been here at Radio Road today. Joe Montana, the legendary quarterback from the uh, San Francisco 49ers, was here. Stephen A. Smith, um, Dion Sanders, Coach Prime, who's such a revered figure in football. So, yeah, it's... um. It's proper A-grade material going on at the moment. Well, was it last year that The Rock did the coverage pump-up piece? Yeah, two two years ago in uh, in Los Angeles. So yeah, but he's he's on the ground. He's he's a centerpiece of this uh, WWE event in a couple of hours. Oh right, eh? so um, that's going to be fascinating as well because it's the, probably the first misstep he's had in oh, two decades, I reckon, in his uh, in his rapid rise in affection and pop culture is. The WWE fans are up in arms that he's been sort of shuttled into this looming WrestleMania. So how how he handles that and exactly what's going on is uh, it's it's sort of the talk of the town here as well. Which is odd, as nothing usually takes away from the football, but they have to share a lot of attention. So this week, Taylor's taking a little bit away from the football though, is <laughs> as to when she arrives in from her concert in Tokyo. Yeah, this is such a big part of this Super Bowl. Um, and it has been the whole course of this NFL season. I, I felt in real time, America sort of tied itself in knots over what to do about Taylor's presence, presence at games and uh, where, how much to show. It, it seemed like ri- a ridiculous debate to me is she uh, lends a star power to the sport, even beyond what the NFL can typically garner. It feels like the last 24 hours is going to be plotting whether her flight's going to make it from Tokyo to be here the Super Bowl is a huge celebrity event anyway, and the star spotting that goes on throughout the coverage, people will well know from the TV broadcast that we see. But yeah, her presence there is, it just, it, it adds, there was a, a study that's been done saying she's added about $330 million of brand coverage to the NFL she's throughout sorry. the season. Um, she's there for the purest reasons imaginable. It seems like a lovely relationship with. Travis Kelsey, who's who's one of the big stars of the sport anyway. So, yeah, some are dubbing it the, the Taylor Swift Super Bowl as well. And as if it's all not big enough, it will guarantee that this will be the most viewed Super Bowl in history by far and away. Righto. Uh, the vibe of the two camps, have you been able to pick it up yet? How confident are the Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers? Yeah, so the Chiefs are more than happy to be the underdog. And it is a bit surprising that Mahomes, who's the, the great quarterback of the day and has already won two, would be cast in any sort of role as underdog. And he's also happy to be cast as the villain. It's, if there's a feeling around a Cinderella story for Brock Purdy, the opposing quarterback, who's the last pick in the draft, picked up the nickname Mr. Irrelevant, yet two years into his career, here he is in a Super Bowl. So Mahomes is more than happy to play villain if that is necessary. The stakes for the Chiefs are 
the, the legacy, the, the dynasty title is you have to win three, I think. Uh, in America, they hand out dynasty status pretty easily, uh, and I think that's premature. The Chiefs, they're not on the clock. This is only Mahomes' sixth season as a starting quarterback, and he's already taken them to four Super Bowls. Oh. But if he is to win this, there's no question about the dynasty. The 49ers have built this, this all-star team minus the champion quarterback, and there's a sense that they, they really have to get on with winning a, uh, a, a Super Bowl. They played four years ago. It was a brilliant game in Miami between these two. It demanded a rematch, and, and that sequel comes here in Vegas. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we can't wait. We can't wait for your call. I mean, uh, just yeah. quickly, we're running out of time. Sadly, we could talk for the whole half hour. Who wins? Yeah, uh, I would fault to Mahomes because of his greatness, and usually the great quarterback dictates what happens. Um, so I couldn't pick against him, but it's. I think it's genuine flip of the coin. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. I think we'll see a great game, and I think we'll see something great at the end. Wow, that's fantastic, man! Have you always followed it, Jared? Yeah, you, you always been an NFL yeah, as have. a kid. Yep. So we, we tracked a little bit of this back through the week. Don Lane used to host yes. the, yeah. uh, a highlight show on the Tuesday night, so that's my vintage. Um, and there's a heap of people in Australia who follow the 49ers from those years, which were the Joe Montana years. So Don Barrett for the New York Giants, and then the 49ers became the great team of that era. And I feel like there's a critical mass of 49ers fans that dates back to exactly then. And that, yeah, that's my vintage, and I've followed it ever since. Good stuff. Hey, can't wait for the call on Monday morning. Uh, I know you'll do a a superb job as usual, but I tell you right at the moment, I'm very, very jealous. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm not even pretending that this is not the best place in the world to be at the moment, Pat. So, yeah, you've got every reason to be. <laughs> Good please, stuff. please say hello to Hutchie for us. <laughs> Get on your heels. Cheers. Jared Whateley joining us there. Thank you, mate. Right now, Hills, the man who is having just a, a dream summer, the king of swing, the Heat's main man, Xavier Bartlett. Xavier, welcome. Thanks for joining us on the show. What a summer it's been, mate, for you. It's just so good, isn't it? Good morning, guys. Um, yeah, it's been an amazing summer so far, you know, obviously with the, the campaign that the Brisbane Heat had and to, um, to win that and then, um, yeah, to play in that series against the West Indies was, yeah, just a dream come true. X, where are you, please? Yeah, I'm just driving down the Gold Coast now. I've got a school school appearance um, to show off the... Um, BBL 13 trophy. Righto. Oh, how good. Where, where were you yesterday then, please? <laughs> um, that, were you rested? What, did, were you back? Could you have played yesterday? Um, yeah, I was obviously 12th man yesterday in our <laughs> one-day game for the Bulls. Um, yeah, just rested, uh, hopefully, to play the next show game in Adelaide next week. Righto. All right. Well, <laughs> now, you're starting to taste this full-time pro career, mate. Um, has it been just plain fun or somewhat hectic as well? Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, all in one week. Um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. It was obviously a bit of a whirlwind. It did happen very fast. But, um, yeah, I just tried to enjoy every moment because those opportunities don't come around every day. <laughs> what doesn't come around every day, mate, is that ball that you got your first wicket with. Can you explain for everyone how that feels? You're running in, you're probably a bit nervous, but it's come out like that. Yeah, um, yeah, I was very nervous going into that game and to sort of get 
getting on my first cricket the way I did, um, definitely eased the nerves. And, um, yeah, it's a nice one to look back on to know that was my first cricket. Yeah, but out of your fingers, mate, try to explain to our listeners, oh, your head's down and you're rotating through your action and you think, geez, that's come out all right. What went through your mind? Yeah, I, I knew it was a decent ball as soon as it came out of the fingers. If, um, yeah, you kind of feel the ball rip down the back of the seam and, yeah, you're like, that. this could be a nice ball. And then, obviously, you look up and see you hit the top off stump, so I'm a great feeling. Oh. I know you say dream come true and all that sort of thing, but the two ODIs, four for 17, four for 20, that's a little bit better. That, that might even be better than a dream come true. Yeah, it still doesn't really feel real. Um talking to a few people yesterday and they were just like, how was it? And I was like, you know, it still, still doesn't feel like it's happened. And, um, but no, I mean, it was a great opportunity to be out there with those sort of blokes and to learn off, you know, some of the players that were there and rub shoulders with them. So, um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Well, I don't know whether you know or whether you, you know, what you're like with your history, but one of those that has got four in their first two ODIs was a guy called Kurtley Ambrose. He could bowl. Yeah, he was amazing. I mean, if I could even be not even half, if we could be a quarter of the bowler he was, um, I'll definitely take that. He's amazing. He didn't swing it like you, mate. Don't worry about that. Uh, and you're, you're effective to right-handers and left-handers. I, I like something else about what you produced in, in your performance. That, that Your bowling average is sitting at 4.75 at the moment. It's the best ever start, I reckon. What could that be, mate? What You know, other than pace and swing, what were you happy with? Um. Yeah, I mean, I was quite happy with my consistency with my length. Um, I think years gone by, yes. my length probably, you know, dragged out either way, been a bit too full or a bit too short in that sort of no man's land. So um, I was quite happy with how sort of my length control was. Yep, and that's the point I was after. And that's what Ambrose had, just perfect length control. He didn't give you anything that that looked, that looked felt easy to hit. And that's what, that's what you've been done and doing. It's unbelievable. Now, what's next for you, mate? Oh, well, it's the Shield game in, in South Australia. I thought you might have been retained in the, in the you know, the green and gold squad for a while, but you're back and gearing up for a Shield game. Yeah, um, yeah, obviously can't wait to get back out of Queensland. Missed the first half of the year with um, injury, which was quite frustrating, but um, yeah, just can't wait to get back out there and um, hopefully finish the season off well for the Bulls. What about overseas type stuff? Any offers yet? I mean, from all these T20 leagues, etc., around the world? Billings and Big Tall Paul were all over you, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm hopefully trying to go play some county cricket in the off-season in England. Um, obviously, a bucket list sort of thing. and something that I want to try and expose myself to and learn as much as I can over there in their conditions. Is anyone the front runner at this stage, mate? Um, uh, no, I haven't really made up my mind yet. There's a, there's a few people there, but it's obviously really nice to be wanted by, you know, those calibre of teams and, um, you know, people like Tall Paul and Sam Billings have a really good relationship with and they've been great for me. So to be, I guess, held in a high regard by them, so, um, yeah, it's quite nice. Who's helped you? I mean, within this Queensland squad or even without? I mean, and I'm not saying this has been a stellar leap. You've always been a real good bowler, but as even by your own admission... You know, you, you've taken it next level. Who, who, who? Apart from you and the hard work, who's helped you? Um, oh, I said it a few times, but Andy Bickle, our bowling coach. So we've had some. I've been with him for. He's been my probably our bowling coach for six or seven years now, and I had a really good relationship with him. And just sort of how how the way he speaks about bowling and sort of 
goes that extra mile for you and gets all that sort of information, the technical stuff, and obviously being injured a fair bit, I've had a fair bit of time to spend with Dick over the last couple of years. So um, yeah, he's definitely one I want to thank. And even take it back, right back to TSSX. Like what? They've got an unbelievable program there. Who is in charge of that, and how good is it? Yeah, no, TSS was amazing. Like I think we had, you know, five or six players there um, for the Heat and for the Queensland that um, have gone through TSS with Steve Baker, who's the head of cricket, and Ross Wallace was our first eleven coach. Um, yeah, those two obviously, um, yeah, have a stellar record, and I think. Um, Ross Wallace has won maybe seven or eight titles um, there with the GPS competition. So, um, yeah, the TSS is a great breeding ground for cricketers. Yeah, good good men. And it wasn't always the case. Probably about the time you were going through, it, it was a real resurgence in schools providing cricketers rather than cricketers not being able to play club cricket. There, there was a real pathway and an, an energy about GPS cricket. So that's good. Hey, it's good to see the Sydney vet has got his chance in the T20 squad for Australia now? Yeah, big spotty. Um, yeah, he, he's had an amazing summer, an amazing rise, and um, yeah, I can't wait to see him go out there, um, play for Australia and do what he does best. Hey, any indication how bad this side strain is for Lance Morris? Um, oh, I'm not sure. He, uh, I don't think it was too bad. He um, yeah, pulled up quite one ball and then bowled another one. Um, I guess when you bowl 150 Ks, and by the way he does, you know, your body's going to take some strain on your body. So, um, yeah, hopefully for his sake and Australian cricket's sake, it's not too bad at all. Mm, he was really starting to hit his straps there too, wasn't he, in Canberra? Um, that, oh, yeah, what are the things you loved about that season with the heat? Because these are the things that every team you participate in needs to engender. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the prison heat was probably the funnest season I've had playing cricket, just the sort of camaraderie we had as a team and the culture that the, you know, not only the players have driven, but from the coaching staff and um, right the way through the the program. Um, yeah, it was an amazing summer and, um, yeah, hopefully many more like that. It was it was qu- even quite obvious to, from the outside, X, that you were all confident in each other. Yeah, okay, Munro's out for a globe, and then in, in goes McSweeney and does a job. Or, you know, you're covered so beautifully all year round. Yeah, I mean, our list was sensational. Um, yeah, like you said, if Colin got out, then uh, Nathan had come in, and then if Nathan got out, Renshaw would come in, and then you got Billing yeah. and Paul Paul, and obviously Ness got that 70. So um, yeah. I think we started a really well-balanced squad, and... Um, yeah, I mean, the list that we have, uh, yeah, it was quite extraordinary. But just, I guess, to also put that, to, you know, performances um, on the board and win, you know, everyone in the Big Bash has a really nice list. But I think to win those sort of key moments in some games, which we did this year, which we probably haven't done in the past, was, um, yeah, really pleasing. Yeah, and Xavier, I'm hearing that the chairman provided really, really good leadership through the whole campaign as well. Yeah, he did. It always starts at the top, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Good answer, X. Good oh, answer, mate. Perfect way to finish the interview, mate. Oh, look at you. <laughs> New contracts coming through Happy as we speak. Yeah, no, that's done, isn't it, X? I think, I think we've, we've done you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm all locked away, another two years. Yeah. So what are you doing, mate? You're taking the trophy down to school kids today. Yeah, it's good, yeah down there and... Um, on the Gold Coast and, uh, yeah, try and promote some, um, get more boys and girls to play cricket, um, which is what we need for the game to grow as well. Good stuff, mate. Fantastic, X. Yeah.
awesome season so far, and let's hope we finish with a couple of wins in the Shield. Would be uh, would be lovely. Xavier Bartlett, uh, golden arm from the uh, BBL, and one of the main reasons that the Heat. Uh, as to why he's taking this trophy down to show the kids on the Gold Coast. That's good. I'm going to have it in here uh, next week on Wednesday, I reckon, Zave. So uh, thanks for your time today, buddy. Yeah. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys.